All right, folks. Welcome to The Defenders, episode two in the first and only season so far. Playing on my television. Got my computer going here with the recording. Got sirens. You know, they already blew up a giant pit in the first episode, setting the stakes and giving us a sense of what the threat will be. This episode is called Mean Right Hook. I do not know if it's this episode or the next episode where they come together. Happens much sooner than I think. Yeah, here's Daredevil in plain clothes assessing the situation. He's very similar to Iron Fist. They're both good guys wanting to help people. Uh, Matt Murdock's a much deeper thinker, a more complex character. Uh, Iron Fist is like Captain American. Uh-oh, gun cocks and a woman. Here comes the Messiah Complex. Not that I can blame him. Not that I can blame him. Here he goes. First bit of major action we've seen other than the opening Iron Fist stuff in... Iron Fist punching Luke Cage is, you know, they ruined in the trailers. They had to. It's the, you know, best, maybe the best visual cue of any superhero shit we've seen ever. All right, here goes. Criminals, there's a gunshot. You know, what's really about Daredevil, I don't think people understand is they see it as a disability. And he's great despite his disability because of his superhero uh, senses of sound and touch and vibration but it actually helps him be a better fighter the way Kanan when he goes blind and rebels becomes a better fighter the way you know uh, Muad'Dib when he gets blinded becomes more powerful uh, it's, a, it's a major trope in fantasy sci-fi and comic books but Daredevil puts a new spin on it and you know the fact that he can't actually see this guy as he's punching him but just sort of sees the sonic impression around him or whatever it allows him to detach. But because of the physical physical contact, it still leaves a scar, even though he's not seeing the blood flowing in sort of the same way we would. Here's the great Defenders opening music. I'm not going to skip it. Daredevil and Jessica Jones are the best by far. Luke Cage and Iron Fist both have cool ones. This is very cool. Uh, JJ, I think, is still the best with Daredevil as a close second. Punisher is also great with the guitar song that he wrote while he was in Afghanistan, being a sketchy fucking outside the uh, hitman, essentially. There's JJ in the blue. Oh, man. Rachel Taylor. God bless her. Um, but... Uh, This is just such a lived-in universe. And the problem is, when I put up JJ Season 1, Punisher, now that I've seen it, Season 1, and good chunks of both Daredevil seasons and some of Luke Cage up against what we've seen in the movies, the movies all get 90% on Rotten Tomatoes, but they don't all age great over time. And I think I'm willing to sacrifice some, you know, questionable writing and unevenness in some of these Netflix series to get a deeper, darker portrayal of what it's like to be a street-level superhero. Which is, by the way, why Black Panther, in one of his comic books now, with Ta-Nehisi Coates, is in, it's fighting racism with Luke Cage in Bronx. 
So Rachel Taylor's American accent, which I praise constantly if you listen to any of my JJ's and what commentaries, which you guys are. Thank you so much. She has a spotless commentary. She sounds more American than Americans. And all of a sudden, she has trouble channeling it. And I think it was two and a half years. She hadn't done a lot of American stuff. Here's Trish Tuck. And she just didn't have enough practice. And it, it's a shame. But what the Australians do is they don't be like, okay, I'm going to talk like a New Yorker. I'm going to talk like a Southerner. That's how I'm going to sound American. They find sort of the average smart East Coast mixed with West Coast American intellectual, like I'm talking right now, where you enunciate, uh, but with a little bit of a New York or Philly thing going on. Brooklyn's outside the effects area, etc. <laughs> Her Asian sidekick is still there. It's great. The rock flautist blowing. Oh, man. Jessica Jones season one is so great. It's the best. It, it's the problem. It's like nothing lived up to how great it was. And this, of course, a mirror of how Kilgrave and Hope would both call into Trish Talk. That's how influential she is, but also how great of a voice of the people. <laughs> yeah, she sounds fine here. Look, if I never knew Rachel Taylor was Australian, I would never consider that it was a problem. Lay off the earthquake stuff. Right, here's the conspiracy. The thing is, what's you know what's so interesting about Kilgrave, among all the X-Men villains, all the Avengers villains, all the Defenders villains, he does he could easily take over the world, be that what Donald Trump's fantasy is. You know, he could have the nuclear launch codes. He could control everything. He doesn't want it. He wants a luxurious life with women and mostly Jessica Jones. And that's both a, a strength and a weakness for him as a bad guy. You know, it's so fascinating. And me and Natty G both predicted very strongly that we worried about JJ season two just because without David Tennant, it would be impossible to live up to it. It was some bad new casting choices. I'm sorry to say, guys, I'm telling you right here, I haven't gone through JJ season two because of how much I love her and love season one. So maybe we'll get there. Right now we're here. Misty Knight being a badass investigator. God, is she good. I don't understand why Star Wars can't cast uh, more black characters because between Netflix and fucking Black Panther, uh, they have some of the greatest, most talented, most up-and-coming, most attractive, coolest fucking african-american and african actors on the planet put them in star wars guys what are you doing yeah she ain't scared of much <laughs> no she's not gonna be scared of misty she was only scared of Kilgrave until she was afraid and she was scared of rosario dawson because she's a threat here we go Can I go down the shit? You got a mouth. <laughs> you noticed. God, she's so badass. I mean, she's kind of Princess Leia in 2018 New York, if you think. I mean, she has those qualities where she's great at everything, but she puts everything on herself. Oh, she took the evidence. <laughs> Oh, man. Misty Knight does not like Jessica Jones. So, I love Luke Cage's world. I love his characters. I've seen some, but not all of season one. 
I love how lived in it feels, you know? I wish I hadn't seen Thor The Dark World. I wish I hadn't seen the Ant-Man movies, to be honest with you. I don't really need to see everything from all of these things. Just on CW, I'm cool with Arrow and a little bit of everything else. I like seeing Luke Cage with JJ. I like seeing Luke Cage with Iron Fist. Sometimes these characters just realize themselves better, or realize better, in the combos. Oh, here's Danny. <laughs> the thing is, you have to learn to love that he's not douchey on purpose. He really believes it, and he's trying to save the world. It makes him so much more lovable. Look at Jessica, their little lived-in apartment here. He has so much money. She never gives him a hard time about being a rich prick, because he is such a sweet guy, and they have feelings for each other. I love how they play this as a friendship during the Defenders. We didn't need a corny romance during the team-up movie. God damn it. Thank you. Even Gwyneth Paltrow is, is used sparingly. Oh, that's right. He called him Iron Fist. Look at her. Actually, she looks like Karen. She looks like the Asian Karen, oh, the birthmark. Oh, man. Jessica Henwick, please marry me. Chloe Bennett's got to get her shit together. And Henwick's definitely got her shit together. She's been in Game of Thrones, Star Wars, and Marvel. Boom. Eat it. Right, so why does Jessica Henwick not get hate, but Kelly Marie Tran does? I don't understand. Tia Sarkar doesn't get hate. So here's the problem. The main problem from a selling this standpoint is they structure the entire series around the backstory set up mostly... A little bit in Daredevil Season 2, but mostly in Iron Fist Season 1. I don't think they were consciously saying, we know you're not going to like Iron Fist Season 1, so we're going to make you watch it so that you can enjoy and appreciate the Defenders, but that is sort of how it came off. But you know what? As someone who reads sci-fi and fantasy and all sorts of series and jumps in the middle, who cares? Just get in with these characters. She's a great fucking kung fu fighter. He's a good fighter and he's got the iron fist. Go with it. They're both trying to do the right thing. That's what's so refreshing, you know? I mean, Daredevil's such a righteous messiah wannabe. Luke Cage and Jessica Jones are, are so cynical and skeptical to the point of not even wanting to be superheroes. These two want to do the right thing. And you know what? He has the most powerful specific power with the iron fist, as we'll see. And she is the best natural fighter without superpowers. So these two have to kick major ass. And there's a part later in the series where you think they're sidelining Jessica Henwick with all the other side characters. And Misty Knight finally gives her the sword back and she gets into the action. It was so smart. They recognize her talent. She was wasted like Poe Dameron and all the pilots and Black Squadron. They were wasted in episode seven. They weren't used in episode eight. She's spectacular. You and I, we. Yeah, they're talking like brother and sister. That's what I love about this. Yeah. Here's the problem, guys. I'm going to be honest with the Bizzlecast listeners. It's just because she's Asian. I've had some Asian situations like this. I tend to have close female friends I trust on like a deep spiritual level, but then I get attracted to them the way Danny is and everything gets complicated. But if you can marry your best friend, I truly believe that's the way to go. And so I hope that happens because I don't know what's going to happen for anybody else. I mean, the thing is, I have to rewatch Daredevil because Murdoch's performances just get better with each performance. It doesn't smack you in the head the way JJ does in the first season or Punisher. But he's a, uh, this is a classic case of a method style actor who's not really method in terms of he doesn't take this with him off set, but he's able to channel very intense, emotional and spiritual, dramatic, personal places very quickly. 
you know, he has to act strong, but be very vulnerable and weak, uh, and know that he is. It's not just that he looks in the opposite direction of everything he does, which is a great trick for if you're blind, uh, but it's the way he sort of stares through things where his eyes aren't totally present. Gotta do it. Got to do it, devil of Hell's Kitchen. Must do it. Must. People are getting pissed about how long it's taking the costumes to come, but I think it's brilliant. They drag it out. Foggy. <laughs> Here's a character who I actually liked his personality, but I thought they were written. They wrote Foggy in season one of Daredevil. <laughs> yeah, here's Luke Cage, 3,000 pounds. Uh, they wrote Foggy as if he were a chubby, kind of annoying hipster over his head. But he's actually very dark and subtle. And when they give him good writing, like Karen, he comes through. And what I think the Defenders established was that every single main character, anti-character has super amounts of potential. So, so far we have the four major Defenders, plus Jessica Henwick as Colleen, plus Rosario Dawson, who we know is great as Claire Temple, plus Misty Knight, who always already seems great, even if you haven't seen uh, Luke Cage, which I've seen some of. Um, we are going to see... Are we going to see Hogarth? And... The thing is, they shouldn't have even tried to complicate Sigourney Weaver. They should have made her a straight-up, charismatic, but evil bad guy like Ronan or Loki, you know, because they weren't going to get Killmonger. (laughs) Claire's worrying about paying the bills. You know, they weren't going to get Killmonger out of her, and it's all about uniting the good guys, so I... This is great. I really like the show in the first watch i was predictable people would complain after after uh iron fist but i I thought it was great they could have done six episodes they should have done you know four 90 minute episodes or six hour and change episodes but yeah yep rosario knows what's up sorry claire temple knows what's up 808 street i think that's washington heights at 188 it might still be harlem i'm not totally sure It actually makes way more sense from an age and maturity level that him, that Claire and Luke would be attracted to each other. But it's Jessica Jones Cage in the comics and on Wikipedia. You know, this is the Titanic thing. You know, this is also cliched. It, that's the problem. The problem is the main characters keep earning goodwill, and then the poor cliched writing they think through good production and being sigourney weaver they'll get him through it with the talent but it's so cliched every single scene she loves hard classical music in this sort of setting oh who would have thought it'd be way cooler if she liked green day it would be way cooler if she liked taylor swift you know there's so many interesting things you could do with this character other than classical music does she kill all these people it's just stupid it's dumb it's dumb and the thing is is daredevil was fighting hell's kitchen luke was fighting in harlem Kilgrave was being fought by, uh, who's an inter- really the most international and scary of the villains, by Jessica Jones. You know, Luke Cage has to fight the hand. He's the connection here. Uh, but I don't know why Madame Gao couldn't have just been the bad guy. I-, I don't think Sigourney Weaver has that much pull as an actress, even though we love her from the 80s and 90s in her, in her performances. Um, the bottom line is, uh, Madame Gao and the hand and D'Onofrio and so forth should have been... To introduce a new villain that has no dimensionality and no relatability was a horrible, horrible mistake. 
and I hope Netflix learns from this. We will see with Netflix uh, with Iron Fist season two if that's the case. <clears throat> he was petty like that, right? As opposed to you, you goddamn fucking maniac. But you don't even love to hate her. Let's think about bad guys. You either have to love bad guys and feel bad about it, like Vader or even David Tennant in Times with Kilgrave. Here's Madame Gal. Again, another one you love. Or you have to just straight up despise them, like the Joker. I don't buy that her character would understand what's going on. She's just a greedy businesswoman. Why are they taking orders from her? We're never given... You know, I'm all about reducing exposition, but two more episodes to give backstory to Sigourney Weaver and say why they're so scared of her is dumb. Yeah, that's the thing. She is great as a badass female good guy. She's not good as a bad guy. She's not good. Even in Avatar, I was not, I don't like Avatar at all, but I liked her in Avatar because I wasn't sold on her being maybe a good guy, maybe a bad guy. And then it turned out to be a total good guy who was trying to do the right thing, but it was confused by the complexity of the situation. It was so much more relatable. You know, she's Sarah ha- Hamilton. In uh, Sarah Connor, Linda Hamilton in Sarah Connor, uh, Terminator movies, but is a better actress, has a bigger resume, has done more stuff, has a real skill, but this sort of psychotic delivery, monotonic, bad guy delivery, you need to give to people like Christian Bale. You can't give it to someone like her. It's not offense, and I want to restate that I'm never insulting Sigourney Weaver, who I worship and adore as one of the great female badasses on TV and especially movies of all time, and I'm doing a badass, best badass females of all time soon, Sarah Connor, Sigourney Weaver, Jen Erso, all the Star Wars ladies, the Summer Glau, it's going to be a glorious list, Starbuck, uh, etc. Jessica's still breaking the law after she was basically arrested. <laughs> What I like is they work in the shooting styles, both color and angles of each of these four major characters from their shows, and it still feels cohesive. This is like Ultron. This is, a, this is not like Guardians of the Galaxy 2, which was just generally a mess from beginning to end. I think Spider-Man was a mess, Doctor Strange was a mess, whatever. But undeniably, undeniably Guardians of the Galaxy, even if you like some of it, was a mess, a hot mess. This is not a hot mess. The problem is some of the just long extended bad scenes with Sigourney Weaver and some of the other characters lose goodwill that we are getting here. This is exactly what we want. I am watching this. Everything with Matt Murdock, Luke Cage, and just Gajod so far. I am so in on. But then they interrupt it with the mustache twirling. And the fact that they just want to dig a giant hole in the ground and cause earthquakes, which is a CW thing. You've got to be kidding me. You've got to be kidding me. You've got to be kidding me. Got to be kidding me. <laughs> I'm confused. Oh, man. Oh, JJ. God, I love her. Now she's talking like she's got a bad American accent. <laughs> 
Right, so I just finished watching Orphan Black, finally. It took me a while to get through season five, because it wasn't great, and I didn't want it to end. And I was right in that it wasn't great, but it ended well. Ayo, Trinity, aka Hogarth. Um, but uh, this exact same thing happens, where they meet someone who's, you know, creating clones and testing genetic material on half the world, just so they can extend their life selfishly and with great plans of power, and it turns out to be a total sham, and blah, 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 and I like that it's a sham in Orphan Black, and it doesn't really work out well for the bad guys here, you know, it's the mysticism that I guess Iron Fist brings in, it doesn't fit with the other rest of the Hell's Kitchen people who just punch 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 but don't believe or practice or really think about mysticism and spirituality yeah he's got a crust he's great with that blonde chick who has who flirts with him at the office hogarth hires him look at look look at this guy look i'm sorry look if you hate foggy this is exactly 1a proof why the writing was bad he's more inward He's kind of bitter. He said, you guys grab coffee. He's right. He's prying, but he's, he's acting more like an adult, even though he's trying to act mischievous as a kid. He's just much better. Much better. Much better. Everyone gets better in this show. Or at least maintains their greatness, as with Matt Murdock and J.J. By the way, I call Jessica Jones JJ constantly. I label it as JJ, refer to it as JJ. Uh, my name is Jesse. Her name is Jessica. <laughs> they, I don't think they ever call her JJ. Yeah, Foggy just wants him to be honest. He's not going to give up his secrets. Yeah, he sees the knuckles. This is great. I love it. That was the problem. They waited too long for Foggy to find out. Oh, Matt, you're such a dick. He's a fucking dick. Yeah, what a fucking asshole. Yeah. Foggy. He's not into the vigilante stuff like Karen. Earth shook Foggy. Cops weren't coming. Joss Whedon line boom. Yeah. Right. That's the problem with Foggy. He shouldn't say help you. He should just be like, I want to listen and be your friend. I'm not going to tell anybody. Oh, uh, he's giving some cases. Trying to get him back on the lawyerly stuff. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's outsourcing. It's practical, but Matt can see right through his... Uh, he wants to get him off the streets. That's why Karen is great. Karen Page is the character I have grown to like so much more over Tuesdays of the Daredevil and especially The Punisher and having a very, very, very complicated view about honor, justice, violence, gun ownership, who should die, who should live. Very complicated. He's... Foggy's still trying to act like a hands clean not gonna get dirty guy which matt can't relate to and that's a problem that's the problem matt can't trust him not be the, the the reason matt can't trust him is not because he won't keep the secret but because he won't understand where he's coming from when he talks about like these guys need to go down let's see how far away oh we're only 23 in Yeah, so as I've been saying, my PlayStation dying is the best thing that happened to me ever because I just use Amazon Fire Stick, which is brilliant. These episodes are 44 minutes long, which is exactly what they should be. I haven't returned anybody's calls. Maybe you should take it personally. She's so great. The mishandling. Other than Rachel Taylor, the only great actress they had in season two as a main was 
Hogarth, and they misused her from the beginning with her drugs and lesbian orgies. For me, when the lead characters who I've already bought into in these team-ups act the hell out of their characters, even Justice League, where it was the first time, that is enough to get to me through sloppiness and unevenness. So if you're still with me right now and you're going to listen to the rest of these commentaries, which I'm going to be super excited about, just buy, just buy into it. These four plus Jessica Henwick as Colleen, so five is amazing. Yeah, who the fuck is John Raymond? Mm-hmm. Jessica's suspicious. Right. Lots of bombs. Lots of explosives. Uh, yeah, Jessica doesn't like her, but she doesn't have the same amount of disgust. They've been through a lot together. Right. Is this about protecting me or protecting you? Yep. <laughs> I drink her five. The thing is, Hogarth is at her all-time low here, but she's being less selfish. She's telling Jessica to get away from this poisonous situation. Right. Stop worrying about me, Hogarth. But uh, Christian Ritter's so brilliant. That that look in season one of JJ would have been of so much more disgust and hatred at Hogarth, even though Hogarth is being sketchy as shit. She knows Hogarth's right to a certain extent. <laughs> and that girl's just touching his arm. Oh, that was great. <laughs> Mike Coulter is the man. He's so great. He was on The Good Wife, which is my mom's like favorite show ever with Juliana Margulies. I almost got her to watch JJ and Luke Cage just based on that to happen. This is always heartbreaking. And this is why Jessica Jones doesn't take charity projects for exactly this reason. But because Luke Cage doesn't give a fuck and he's bulletproof and he has nothing else going on, he doesn't care. Because if he fails, they'll shoot him and he'll be fine. You can scare the shit out of him. Welcome back, man. We need to talk. Here we go. That was a nice transition. Oh, the Turk. The Turk. I really want to do Sarah Connor Chronicles commentaries, but I don't think anyone will watch them. Yeah, right. They're using they're using expendable poor kids in Harlem as, you know, cheap bodyguards. I remember when I first watched this thinking this was just establishing Luke Cage's character, but he's the one that figures this whole thing out, which is fantastic. Oh, boom. Only takes a little hot water. I'm too old school. I did worry that, you know, as white as Marvel Comics brass can be, they got guys like Ta-Nehisi Coates and so forth, you know, uh, but... I was worried that Luke Cage, the show, was going to be seen as the white man's version of black television. I could definitively say that's not the case. And while I have equal numbers of white and black friends who love Luke Cage, meaning a lot, he was definitely accepted as a black superhero in a way. I don't think anything other than, obviously, until Black Panther, we've seen anything like that. Um, Oh, yes. Colleen with the, the katana. She's so hot. Seeing, watching her train. She, I mean, it's a thing. She's like such a normal chick. She probably can't believe she's in Hollywood. She carries herself like a person. She doesn't carry herself like a hot chick. 
and they're smart and not overdoing her makeup and hair because she's a stunning natural beauty and she's all about her physicality and the fighting. She spends so much time. She spends as much time as Danny training, maybe more time because she doesn't have the fist. Look at her. Look at that smile. Oh, that's a girl I want to marry, guys. That's it right here. Done. Done. Just Pava slash Just Henwick slash Colleen. Oh, look at that sword. That's why they needed her. Because he had to be ignorant of some of the deep cut Chinese and Japanese culture, especially Chinese culture stuff, and she would be the guide. Uh, but because she loves him and knows his heart's in the right place, it's never like, oh, you dumb white boy, let me explain this to you. She's as valuable as him. She is as valuable as him. And that was the important part of this, was the four of them couldn't beat Electra. They need her to be Electra in the end. And that was brilliant and really understated and watching instagram you know some instagram photos a bunch of months back of her reading just pava and the podameron comics warmth the cockles of my heart i want her back in star wars come on guys fuck game of thrones she's great here get her back in star wars with black scott squadron she's so great we're with you po all right let's see what we got going on here Oh, it's an ungodly time here. And since you're listening in all corners of the globe, according to my SoundCloud stats, everyone's dead. Uh, you don't really care what time it is. But it is that time where it's not sure that I am up really late or up really early. So you can fill in the blanks. She carries the white sword with her everywhere. She carries it like a purse. The way women carry purses, she carries the white sword. It's so great. It's so, it's it's way cooler that it's in her hand. I don't know whose decision that was. It's supposed to just strapping it on her back constantly. I remember noticing that then. It, it's very effective. You know, g- grabbing a long sword strapped to your back is kind of difficult from an a- angular standpoint. Here she can easily just draw the sword and drop the scabbard and go boom, 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 boom. Look at the camera following her. Uh, you know. I, I don't want to diss Finn Jones because I think he's talented and he's growing into the role. But it's clear already from what I've read and what I've seen of Iron Fist Season 2 that they're accentuating a lot of the other female and you know male leads uh, and sub-leads, not just him as Iron Fist, which takes the pressure off him, allows him to act cooler and better in his scenes like he does here with a much bigger cast. But she's great around him. I mean... He needs to be around her and Luke Cage, and he's either with her or Luke Cage for almost the entire series. There's Kunlan. I mean, you know, that's Muad'Dib. That's the Dune story. Paul Atreides is super rich and powerful before his family's betrayed and he's forced in the desert and then he becomes the messiah of the Fremen, you know, desert, you know, what was essentially the Islamic Buddhist terrorists of the future who then go on jihad and take over the the galaxy and, and install him as their, as their Mahdi, their messiah. So, you know, we've seen this before. It was just the optics of how douchey he looked in the bad fighting in Iron Fist 1. They rushed it because they needed it to set up defenders. That was their biggest mistake. People know that these things happen. They know it's a mistake. And sometimes with Rogue One, with the reshoots, people forget about it or don't care, and they end up loving the movie. But sometimes with Han Solo, the bullshit that goes on... uh, in the production and moving stuff up and not having enough time or money people know about, or they notice and it, it influenced the coloring of their vision of things. I think it happened here. 
I mean, people really like Daredevil season two and Luke one and Punisher. So I, one bad Iron Fist season. It's interesting that was enough to send people over the top. I think people expected the Avengers on television, and that was stupid. We need to get Hogarth. Look at the shooting. I mean, this is already way cooler Hogarth shooting than we've seen. Oh, she, she's like the sexy blonde chick who loves him. It's great. <laughs> Off the record. Uh-oh. Oh, is he going to figure out that's JJ? Mm-hmm. <laughs> She's such a fucking scumbag. Mm, and Matt's going to... This is to tie him to Matt and JJ. <laughs> Just to be clear. <laughs> Just in case, right? Oh, God, Hogarth pushing the hard jobs on everybody else, including her lovers and, you know, partners as usual. Is this it? I don't think we get the apartment building scene until three, so I'm going to have to do the first three. Oops. Yeah, we've only got 12 minutes here. Everyone's always breaking into JJ's apartment. I mean, I think she loses unlocked on purpose to, be on, you know, to draw in bad guys. Malcolm. <laughs> oh no. Oh, this guy. Yeah, this doesn't lead to anything. This does not lead to anything. This is a dumb plot twist. This is like uh, probably the worst. The least good episode of JJ, at least important, was episode four, where there's this woman who hires her, and it's sketchy. It seems like paint by numbers, my husband's cheating on me, blah, 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 and Jessica's suspicious, and she turns out to be just an anti-gifted people person who trying to kill her, I guess. It makes no sense and is unnecessary. The fact that I don't think I'd watch New Iron Fist season, well, let's put it this way. I think that the New Iron Fist season is only 10 episodes. It put me over the top and saying I'm going to give it a try, even though I'm still having trouble getting through the first episode. Yeah, I actually think the Tilda Swinton as Doctor Strange mentor was a major problem. But here's the thing. If you put a typical Asian Buddhist dude as Dr. Strange's mentor, then people say, oh, this is just a stereotypical Asian Buddhist. But you know what? They made the Guardians of the Wills and the Rogue One, actually all of them, but especially the main leads, Chirrut and Bays, both Chinese. And because it was so tastefully written and executed and the actors are great, and their main point is not being, you know, spiritualists, Religious leaders, people forget that it's not a coincidence that most people on Jeddah are Asian. I work alone. I'm barely on the payroll. So this guy ends up being a good guy and he's scared and does she have to kill him? Yep. Yeah. Yeah, I'd love to hear back from you guys. I feel like part of me thinks this should have been six instead of eight episodes, and part of me thinks this should have been ten plus. This just is slowing down everything. It doesn't add... I don't think this adds enough major plot interest to be worth it. And when you have Kristen Ritter 
delivering lines that are good enough for okay daredevil episodes but not his own yeah she's way less tormented though which i was happy about i didn't want her to be completely self-loathing this whole season they shouldn't have waited two and a half years for jj season two that was a huge mistake they should have done the second season of jj before this Uh oh. Is this Electra? Oh yeah, baby. This guy's dead as shit. She's so gorgeous, Lodi Young. What's funny is they make her like sexy gorgeous. Oh man, they just shot him in the head. Uh but she's actually very um relatable, pretty looking in real life. She's great. I hope she gets to be the defender, a, a, def, a real, a good guy defender in the next season. Even if her and Jessica have to like have therapy sessions together. <laughs> yeah, she's doing the uh, the neo thing. The thing is, I love the kung fu. The problem is, if they had channeled some of the Chinese Japanese stuff into more like neo matrix kung fu. Uh, you know, Seraph type stuff that would have been fine with me, but ends up being more like Yakuza gangland, etc. stuff. Does she see her? Wow. I forgot. I forgot. They shot her in the head. Oh, Misty's going to fucking arrest her. Goddamn Misty. Yeah. They have to have Misty be misguided this whole time. Cause someone had to. Mm hmm. Oh, right. Yeah, this episode ends with with Matt Murdock defending Jessica Jones. Oh, I can't wait. That's even a better ending than any, any action scene. Here's Finn Jones. I like... <laughs> hey there, assholes. Oh, yeah. Oh, man. Oh, Colleen is such a fucking badass. She's up there, guys. She's there with Jen Erso Ray, Leia, Sarah Connor. Fucking Colleen Wing is right there, dude. That's it. If, if, look, if, if Iron Fist doesn't didn't have the Iron Fist, she would be such a better. She's already a better fighter. She could kick his ass if he doesn't use the hand. It's a dumb power. He's just like an okay, above average, skinny fighter. Oh, here we go, baby! Yes, the, I, I said that episode two was the best because of this, and then JJ Matt at the end. Yeah, here we go. <laughs> in between gigs the comparative powers we knew i think we all knew and i predicted it would be just going to be matt and jj and these two being buddies for the series you had to pair them off they couldn't be together the whole time it's fantastic although the chinese restaurant scenes are awesome watch this there's a great scene here where danny tries to just do straight kung fu without the superpowers and just looks like a fucking pussy piece of shit here we go. Here we go. Here we go. These two are buddies in the comics. I know that. Yeah, just remember you started this. Here it comes. Here it comes. Watch this. Kick, nothing. Spinning kick, nothing. Roundhouse kick. Luke Cage is expending no energy. No energy whatsoever. Punches up. Yeah. They're like these little slaps. He's trying... He, I mean, he's doing acrobatic stuff, but he's not going to do anything to Luke Cage. Here we go. Here we go. Ready? Slow motion. Punching. This is great. Yeah, that's the move there where he's just punching, 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 kick. He's doing all the moves like 
oh, it just gets decked by Luke Cage. I think he says, stay down, kid. Here it comes, baby. Oh, yes. This is the shot. This is what told me at Iron Fist. I was like, okay, if you give me decent writing with this kid, I'm in. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> he just punched Luke Cage like 20 feet and he would have gone further. <laughs> now, he- now what? Is everyone going to jail? Here's Jess on top of everything, holding her sword. That's so cool. I wonder if that's a samurai thing. I wonder if it's a Western thing where, like, you know, you have Aragorn with the 30-foot-long sword on his back or whatever, the Braveheart sword. I wonder, actually, in Japan, if you're mostly a sword fighter, why wouldn't you just hold the sword in your hand and be ready to fight at any point? Like, why create extra stress or movement to get that sword out? It's like, you know... Uh, for example, you know, the, the classic shot of, oh, here's more Alexander stuff. The classic shot of the gun holster is right on your hip, or like on your waist. But that's actually hard, especially if you're wearing like a long shirt to pull up to your hip and pull out the gun and blah, blah, blah. Uh, that's why the cowboys and the real shooters, you watch like Firefly or, you know, Battlestar, they're low slung and it's actually sitting closer to your leg. Oh, here's stick. Yes. <laughs> One of the many great things about this series. Oh, man. I'm trying to think how to brand this thing. I think I'm just going to release these first couple episodes by name with some cool photos. And then here's Jessica in the handcuffs. Oh, yeah. Here we go. Here we go. This is it. This is it. This bought me a goodwill for the next six episodes. Here we are. Here it comes. They showed this extended scene. Uh, as This was the best trailer they showed. Other than the punch of Luke Cage. Yep. Really? <laughs> yeah, they got nothing on there. Just like before. Obstruction of justice. You got my one lead killed. Yep. I remember. They showed this whole thing from beginning to end. It sold me on the whole series. It still does. That's not nice, Misty. Come on. Right. She's not a suspect. They got no evidence. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He shot himself. Hmm. Yeah, she wants info. She doesn't really want to book this woman. She knows JJ's a hero. Here it comes. Here it comes. Here it comes. Uh, yes. Uh, Alright. Yes. <laughs> Just get you out. Stop talking. It's over. <laughs> My name is Matthew Murdoch. I'm your attorney. He's great. Totally great. Yeah, look at that smile. Oh, god damn. <laughs> Guys, this show is a spectacular. I can't talk highly enough about it. Again, those first two episodes where they're first starting to come together, or again, their backstories are great. The next couple episodes where they actually do come together, Avenger style, are awesome. What I'm not sure is going to happen in terms of the commentary is uh, the final 
well, not the final, but like episodes, let's say five and six into seven, seven and eight will just be fun. Like five and six is where it kind of hits a dip. But to be honest, five and six is where it hits a dip and everything else. I love to see these characters. The, the fact that I have n- could barely watch Iron Fist season one. I heard nothing but terrible things, but I watched this. I immediately liked Finn Jones and Jessica Henwick together, and I'm going to watch the new Iron Fist season. Just shows how compelling these worlds are, and they do have great actors, even if some of them, like Finn Jones, are taking longer to grow into the part than others the next episode uh episode three is called worst behavior and i cannot wait because i do believe it ends with the classic apartment builds uh, building scene where they all end up in the same building packs and <laughs> just takes the elevator and, and matt murdoch takes the stairs so thank you for joining me uh, i'm going to definitely release these two episodes back to back i think we'll see i'm trying not to overload everyone as i said so you guys as always have been awesome i as always have been the bizzle may the force be with you and for now the bizzle cast is out